And now it's time for the Called to Cultivate podcast, the podcast that understands your call to educate, elevate, and enrich the lives of others. Please welcome your podcast host, Regina Coley. So welcome to another Cultivator Conversation on the Call to Cultivate podcast with Regina Coley. Today, we have an amazing guest by the name of Emma B. Perez. Emma's experiences as a graduate of public education, as a parent, and as a college and career coach working with tens of thousands of students led her to wonder why schools are designed and structured the way they are, and if there is anything we as parents and community members can do to make it better. Her new book, What's the Point of School? Ed Transformation, A Matter of Life and Death, answered those questions. Welcome to the Call to Cultivate podcast, Emma. Thank you so much. I am so glad to have you here, and I'm so glad for us to participate in this conversation today. Um, So I'm very passionate about the topic of education. Having served as an educator and a teacher and now as a homeschool mom, there's so much that I can say um, about our school system, but I know that there are many people who are fed up with the quality of education that their children are receiving. Um, So what prompted you to want to get involved in ed transformation? Well, a couple of things prompted me. When I was a college and career coach, I realized that the experience right now is very different from my own, which I always felt like a little bit of an outsider when I was in school. And so going back in and working with these high schoolers, these kids who have been under um, no child left behind their whole life, their experience was far different from my own. And it was actually very emotionally draining to go every day and I heard really sad stories and really sad conversations. And during that time, I became a parent myself. And that's what really kind of made me say, okay, I've got to take action. And I don't want to take action just for my own children. I really want to take action for all of the kids out there. Because there are some kids out there that don't have a parent that's willing to advocate for their education. So what can we do for everybody? That's really what prompted it. Absolutely. And it typically takes those personal experiences for Mm -hmm. us to get connected with causes like this. Mm -hmm. So what does ed transformation look like to you? So I get that question a lot because we're used to hearing ed reform, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So what's the difference between that and ed transformation? So for me, the way I define it, when I look at ed reform, I see a lot of people that are trying to make changes within a system a structure, a design that is relatively unchanged since its inception. And if we try to make changes within the same old structure, all we're going to do is tread water. So for me, education transformation is about actually redesigning the system itself. Mm. And so as someone that acts as maybe a parent advocate Mm -hmm. or just a member of our community that wants to make these types of changes in our local school system, Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that they can do to get involved or just even start? Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that I talk about, well, the main thing that I talk about in my book is that I formulated what's called the five happy, healthy elements. I formulated these based on um, research, studies, statistics done by scientists and educators. And what I suggest is that we need to shift the goal of our education system to actually serving students in a way that helps them 
live healthy, fulfilling lives, to actually thrive in life. And in finding what do kids actually need to be able to do that, that's how I formulated the five happy, healthy elements. So in my book, I talk about what they are, um, the research behind why they're so important, and how they could potentially be infused into our children's education, either in school or in our homes. And what I've done is I've created the Ed Transformation Nation, which is on social media, Twitter, Facebook. I even have an email um, uh, newsletter that, that uh, people can subscribe to. And the plan is to periodically give very specific yet simple things that you can do to start living this new education culture in your own families, in your own classrooms, in your own communities. Um, so that's a good starting point because if we focus on these elements, then we can actually start to improve our children's experience in spite of the system. And then we can start asking our teachers questions about what the schools are doing or what they are doing to incorporate these other kinds of learning into their kids' education and start to work with them to maybe bring some of these things in. Excellent. So you say that this is like a matter of life and death. Why do you think that it's that serious? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of reasons why I say that. Um, one of the first reasons why I say that is because when we look at students today, we see an increase in violence. We see an increase in depression, anxiety, and suicide. As a matter of fact, five to eight times as many kids today um, are are, have major depression or clinically significant anxiety disorder. And the suicide rate among children under the age of 15 has quadrupled in the past few decades. These are stark statistics. And when you look at, well, what is going on? What's happening? Because we have kids that are more depressed than during the Great Depression and more anxious than during the Cold War. So what is happening? What is going on? Well, Peter Gray, who is an evolutionary biologist that studies play in mammals, so mammals of all kind, he talks about how important play is to the development of young mammals. And the larger the brain the mammal has, the more they need play. And he says that they've done studies where they've taken away the chance for young mammals to play when they're growing up. And what they see is they have become socially and emotionally crippled. So when we look at the past few decades that these statistics have increased in, in the human mammal, we have also noticed that play has been reduced um, in schools and in society in general. Now, he is quick to point out that, you know, correlation does not prove causation, but the fact of the matter is the correlation is very good in this particular case, and these are the outcomes that, that they expect to see when play is taken away from children. Not only that, but when you look at things like um, the top killers in the United States, two of the top killers are heart disease and diabetes, which are diseases caused by diet. But there's nothing that we do in our education system to teach nutrition, to teach proper, you know, healthy lifestyles, things like that. So we're actually starting to see that children's lifespans are now shorter relative to their parents, which is the first time this has happened <laughs> in about a century. So this is one of the reasons why this topic for me is so important because my five happy, healthy elements include things like emotional health and positive relationships and physical health and nutrition, all of these things that will combat those negative statistics that we're seeing. 
You are absolutely correct. And I agree with you 100%. I used to actually teach kindergarten. And I remember one day I was, I was talking with one of my administrators because we were in a faculty meeting and they were saying that they needed more instructional hours in the day. And what was being eliminated was recess. Yes. I said, how can you take recess away from a five-year-old? Yep. Yep. I've seen, and I actually talk about, yeah, I know it's crazy. And I talk about this in my book as well. Um, there was one particular school that an occupational therapist visited and they had taken away recess. They had turned snack time into a working snack time. I mean, I, I've seen people starting to develop products that go underneath a child's desk so they can bounce their feet on it, mm-hmm. which is great. But the fact that we need that is just ridiculous. I mean, these are children. Their, their muscles are atrophying because they're not moving, you know? Um, and, and, and lack of movement. I mean, there, there's actually something called um, sitting disease, which is when you spend extended hours in your day just sitting. It's actually as bad for you as smoking is. Wow. So, yeah. And, and we're taking these children and telling them to sit down, be quiet, <laughs> sit still, pay attention. Yeah. It's the worst thing we could be doing for their minds and their bodies. They're not developing appropriately. I agree. And this is so much of my, um, this is why so much of my research towards homeschool was prompted mm-hmm. by these kinds of frustrations. Yep. And mm-hmm. as an educator, I'm like, I'm their biggest advocate because I'm here. I'm with them all day. And I don't even think that this is, you know, this isn't right. right. And our, the parents obviously don't know much of what goes into the day other than what's communicated home to them. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes they, parents can be at a disadvantage if you don't have insight as to what's really happening in the school system. So parent involvement, I always stress, please get involved with your, your schools because you need to know what is going on. You need to know what changes are being made. You need to know how that affects your child because then they then bring those elements into your home. They affect you when your child, you know, you're like, why are they, you know, what's going on? What's happening? Why is my child so cranky? They haven't had a chance to play all day. They've been inside of a building all day. They've been listening for hours after hours. They didn't, you know, when I was in kindergarten, we had rest time. We still were getting on mats for rest time, even in kindergarten. You're thinking about what's developmentally appropriate for this age group, not college and career readiness um, in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And I know that you can speak to that because you were a college and career coach. They're pushing some of these um, standards down to even kindergarten level what are the skills that they need to have to prepare for college and it's just like I I understand the concept the greater concept is that we want more children to graduate college but like you said the correlation between the kids who actually get out and play and enjoy their youth and have adequate time for rest and nutrition and are being taught these things if they're not taught in our school system when these children graduate and go off to college, they don't know how to manage a bank account. They don't know what happens when they get a flat tire because they haven't been taught these essential life skills. So what is their success rate for college? All they can do is pass Mm -hmm. tests. There's more to college than that. You know, there's more to independence than that. So it's one of the things I too, is like, how can I find my footing? And for me, it was just coming in and providing supplemental programming to schools Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I saw that there was this tug of war where it's like, we, we, just, we have to have 6.5 instructional hours in the day, and we don't have time for anything else. So my programs literally have to come in during lunchtime, 
and the kids i'm like eat and listen to what i have to say and like that's how we have to squeeze our programming in but it's so unfortunate that this is what education has been reduced to yeah uh, and the, the person who suffers is the child Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there are so many studies and statistics that show that kids, the more years, the more time that they have to play are actually better prepared in the future, particularly for college and life. So that's just one thing. And, and, and back to your topic about college preparedness, um, I think it's so fascinating that schools talk about how we have to prepare them for college, prepare them for college, prepare them for college. And like you said, they don't even know how to balance a checkbook, right? So we're telling them that they have to go to college, but we're not discussing the financial aspect of actually going to college. We don't tell them how much it's actually going to cost them, that it's going to be the biggest financial decision that they will make in their life aside from buying a house. We don't um, help them determine their return on investment when it comes to their choice of school or their degree program. You know, take a look at at what you're going to earn with that career and and is it commiserate with what you're going to pay to go to that college for that degree. We don't have those kinds of discussions with them and we don't do any kind of career exploration with them at all. So in reality, we're really not preparing them for college. We're not preparing them for that decision. We're taking away play. And we're not giving them all the information that they need to make a decision about college. I agree with you on so many levels there. <laughs> yeah. So Emma, what, what can we do as advocates? We know that there is this problem that exists. We, have, we see the validity of it. Mm -hmm. We know that there is something that needs to occur. What is it mm -hmm. that we can do? What are the steps that we can take to start yeah. to create change in our own communities? Yeah. So one of the biggest things for me is I've met so many parents that feel powerless. They feel like there's nothing that they can do um, and that they're just waiting for someone to come along and make a decision in the education system that's going to turn things around. The thing is, when you look at big changes like this, it's rarely a decision maker way up the ladder. What happens is cultures shift communities evolve and it becomes too big for the system not to change with it plus our kids don't have time to sit around and wait right, right. so that's one of the reasons why i have formed this ed transformation nation is to go ahead and give parents a way to start living this new education culture now so that it, we all can work together to influence a change of the system. So that's the first step. If you get on Facebook, you can find the Ed Transformation Nation Facebook group. You can join it. You can visit my website, which is Emma B. Perez. That's Emma B as in boy, Perez.com. And you can find the Facebook group there. You can subscribe to the email newsletter. You can follow us on Twitter and we'll give you ideas. Um, if you'd like to purchase a copy of my book, you can get a lot more details about all of this. Um, my goal in the next couple of years is to even start a nonprofit that will provide resources to parents and teachers. So parents, these will be things that you can use if you are a homeschool parent, if you want to start incorporating this kind of education in the summers or on the weekends. And then I also want to have resources for educators to make it easier for them to start incorporating um, this type of education with all of the regulations and requirements that they already have, right? So many teachers just have, they're fighting an uphill battle, right? <laughs> they right. <laughs> want to do these things for their students, but then they have all of these regulations and requirements. 
So I want to provide a way to make it easier for them to, to start incorporating these things. And also, um, I, I want to remind parents, particularly who do have kids in public education, that yes, while uh, the teachers do have all these regulations and requirements and things, individual schools still have more freedom than we realize that they have. And I do have some stories in my book about um, schools working with the community, the local community and families and revamping how they do things, taking more personalized approach to the kids learning, combining age groups, doing project-based learning, all kinds of things because the school and the parents worked together and came up with a plan together. So, you know, get involved with, with your PTA, ask, the administrators in the school and the teachers in the school, hey, what are y'all doing with social emotional learning? What are y'all doing with nutrition learning? Things like that. So that's how we can get started. And once we really start to participate and grow this nation, it becomes a bigger conversation. And that's what will start to influence the change of the system. Yes, I love that. So you hear that parents, you need to get involved. There's always this joke of like, you know, parents are there when there's like a program or there's anything else but when it's those kind of school governance meetings or pta meetings you don't see a lot of attendance and these are typically those meetings where change is discussed in these conversations um are happening and you they need your voice they need your opinion and a lot of parents feel like you know who will listen to me i'm not in a position of leadership or even as a stay-at-home parent, you kind of feel like, you know, I, I don't have a career. Or I'm not, you know, collegiate. Maybe you feel like you didn't graduate school and nobody will listen to you. You are still a parent. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only title that you need. So sometimes mm-hmm. I see, especially in lower income communities, parents who get really discouraged um, in that sense. And then we don't see a lot of mm-hmm. leadership and people stepping up. If your child is there all day long, you deserve to know what's happening in that building. And I do frequent like drop-ins. I just drop by school like, hey, I'm here. (laughs) What's going on in the building? I don't like to let people know that I'm coming by because I've seen that also happen a couple of times where it's like, you know, I've seen teachers prepare their kids. We have a visitor coming. No, I want to see what the authentic learning looks like. I want to see what your classroom management style, what it really looks like. Those are really important. And those are questions I remember one year when I was teaching and I told you I, I teach kindergarten. There was one parent, she came up to me, she had like a laundry list of questions when we did meet the teacher night. And she said, and what's your learning style? And what's your classroom management style? And how will you handle her if she talks too much? I'm like, okay, this must be your first child in school. Because she was just like, I need to know every single thing about you. And she, you know, she ended up being one of my best parents. She always came out and visit so very very involved but she took the time initially to mm-hmm. get to know me but at first it was like why should give me the third degree <laughs> i'm just a child's teacher but it it <laughs> really takes those kind of questions because you should know who's instructing your child just because they were hired by the school system doesn't make you a great teacher and mm-hmm. there unfortunately are people who are not great teachers but then you do have gems of teachers Uh, People who worked in education for 20, 30 years, whose tenure speaks for itself. So please, guys, get involved. Education, I mean, none of us could be here if it weren't for a teacher. Every career stems from sitting in the seat and listening to a teacher. So when we talk about education, Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's the heart, it's the core of our 
economy and our world is education. Mm -hmm. People want to accelerate in life. What's the first thing you do? You go back and get another certification or another degree. Um, so to me, it's like if we don't focus in on this now and have these types of conversations, where where is our future? Where are our mm -hmm. kids? Um, yep. Where are they going to be in life? They're, they're going to be taking care of us in our old age. And I don't know about you, but I want some competent people yep. <laughs> taking exactly. care of me. Um, <laughs> so yep. it, it's one of those things. It's like decide now or suffer the consequences of it later. And of course, we, we, we want to do that now. So I'm so happy to hear about the Ed Transformation Nation. Yes. And all of your work that you are doing. I'm very proud of your work. And I support you 100%. If you do not have a copy of this book, get your hands on it. I'm going to see what kind of ways I can get involved with this because this is just, this just makes my heart sing because it's, it's something I'm extremely passionate about. And I love people who are action <laughs> problem solvers because we need more people like this in our world to make our world a better place. So I commend you, Emma. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I, I love what you're doing as well. So I'm so glad we got to talk today. So am I. So <coughs> I know you listed that people can follow you and learn <coughs> your initiatives on your blog. Please follow her on Facebook. Join the Ed Transformation Nation Facebook group. Just stay involved. Make sure that you I know people join groups. It's like, I don't ever see what's happening. Make sure you click the follow button. <laughs> Make sure it shows up first because, yeah. you know, Facebook is tricky with those notifications. Sometimes yep. you'll find something and then you never see it again. So mm -hmm. make sure that you take those additional steps as well. Sign up for our email list. Um, and let's just get the education that we need to be the advocates and change makers that we all know that we can be. Yeah, exactly. And I like that you said, let's get the education that we need to be advocates because another important thing for parents is to lead by example, right? So when we start making these things a priority in our own lives, our kids will see that and it will just become par, it will become par for the course, right? It'll become part of their lives as well. Absolutely. And that's the best thing that we can do for our kids is model what, what we want them to be as well. They, yep. They're watching everything. <laughs> they watch everything and they're much more likely to do what they see than, than just what they're told, right? They're going to do what you do. Exactly. And then what's, what's that quote they say? Don't do, don't do as I say. No, do as I do. no wait. Don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah. Well, this is definitely a wonderful conversation. Emma, anything else that you want to leave people with? I am launching this journey and I'm so excited for it because I know that something's going to give soon in the education system and I want to be there ready and prepared to help make it uh, what it needs to be for our students for our kids. So if you come along with me, if you join this Ed Transformation Nation, then we get to go on this journey together. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. All right, guys, Emma Perez, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Regina.